Matt is wrongly implicated in a series of murders actually done by a roofer. Somebody write this. And welcome to Somebody Write This, where we use a random plot generator to give us an idea, and then we brainstorm how that could be a thing somebody might want to write. I'm Hannah. And I'm Jenny. And to help us with our brainstorming today, we have a guest who is the author of one of our former recommendations. Let's welcome Bonnie Quinn, author of the How to Survive Camping series. Hi! Hello! So cool to have you on the show. Thank you! Yes, I'm so excited about this. I know I saw that Jenny had uh, had tagged you on Twitter and said, "Hey, we talked about your book and uh, invited you on." So I'm very excited that you took us up on that. So, so you are a writer, but you also mentioned I've, I've this was fascinating as we were talking before the episode began. You mentioned that your day job is programming, and that that feels like something that it seems incompatible with something like writing. So I would love to hear about how those two intersect for you, about how programming and artistic creative work go together for you. Yeah, I'm glad you bring that up because I'm very passionate about programming. I really enjoy it. Uh, It's something I enjoy doing. I like my job. I like programming. Uh, And, you know, I think that there's kind of this misconception about programming that it's all like, you know, beep, boop, I'm a robot, zeros and ones. (laughs) Uh, but I think it's actually a very creative field. You know, you do have to follow kind of these like logical constraints, but how you put together all of these structures and patterns and everything, there's a lot of room for you to experiment and to be flexible. And people can actually have sort of their own programming styles, mm-hmm. much like people have their own writing styles. And so I think I see a lot of similarity between the two. Because on one hand, you know, you're you're writing something, you're creating something, you're building something out of nothing when you're programming, and you're doing the exact same thing when you're writing. Uh, you just have different outcomes. One, you're telling a programmer instructions to, oh gosh, I don't even know, you can do pretty much anything. Yeah. Um, and then the <laughs> other is you're building worlds. And, you know, a lot of the programmers I know are really creative people, too. There's There's a lot of really fascinating, interesting individuals that kind of gravitate towards this field. You know, we talked about programming being creative. I would love to hear about how do you feel like you write as a programmer? As uh, how does that how how does that way of thinking about things affect the way that you write? You know, I think that because when you're when you're programming, you have kind of these different patterns and these different models that you put into place. So I might look at a situation and say like, okay, so I need to use recursion. Uh, which is a concept to fix this problem. And so I'll slot it in here and I know that I need to structure things in this sort of way. And, you know, I I think that writing is actually a little more structured than, you know, people believe or people (laughs) want to believe. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. You know, we we have all of these, these patterns, you have the rule of three, you have the idea of like building tension, you know, wrapping things up, climax, et cetera. Um, Mm -hmm we have all these models and we we have all these themes that come up over and over and over again you know i i look i use a lot of folklore in my how to survive camping series mm-hmm. and so a lot of these patterns that show up in my stories they've been around since you know recorded history like i don't even know how old a lot of this folklore is because it's oh, yeah. just not dated like it wasn't collected until it already been around for a very long time 
Mm-hmm. So these themes and these patterns have been, you know, all throughout human history. And when we're writing, we kind of pick and choose which ones we want to use and assemble them in order to achieve the finished result. And I, I feel like that's kind of what we do with programming every day. As, wow. as you're talking about this, uh, especially as you were talking about the programming, the, the set of rules, I know that there are some writers who, who like uh, looking at the established rules uh, of of writing and the best practices that we see come up and like to play with those and like to say, okay, let's see what can I create within these or what can I create that breaks one of these. And there are other writers who are like, don't tell me that there's rules to writing. I will write whatever I want. <laughs> um, and both could yield very, very good stories. But uh, but I'm curious, do you, do you uh, as you're talking about there being more structure to writing, have you found that you prefer playing within the rules for the most part? Or are there are times where you uh, where you have really wanted to break one and do something completely wild and see if it was going to work with that? You know, I think that I, you know, I, I was never formally educated uh, in, as far as writing. Mm. Um, so to me, like the rules of writing is just stuff that I've kind of just had to kind of learn on my own. So yeah. I don't have like a very good awareness of them and I don't have respects the right, probably not the right word, but it's the one I'm going to use because I'm not coming up with a better one, but I don't yeah. have a lot of respect for them. It's not like, okay, I need to adhere to these rules or all right, yeah. I'm going to do something crazy and go off and break them. To me, when I sit down and write, I just kind of just do what I want. And if it yeah. happens to follow the rules and that's probably just lucky chance. Yeah, well, like you said, you're you using established patterns to to put your writing together the same way you do programming mm-hmm. because of, because you read. I'm yeah, guessing. yeah, and like I said, it's, it's probably that's probably just something that I've picked up over the years yeah. from reading and from practicing and everything. But I wouldn't call it like a deliberate conscious choice on my part. It's just something yeah. that happens because I've absorbed it somewhere. No, that makes total sense. Thank you for being willing to, to share some of that. We'll make sure and give you some time to plug your own work at the end so folks can, can find you. But let's jump into our brainstorming. So our as a reminder, our plot that we have is Matt is wrongly implicated in a series of murders actually done by a roofer. So we've got we've got a, a crime thriller adventure kind of story. <laughs> Matt's on the run. Um, I think it's interesting that it tells us right up front who the actual murderer is right that it's that important <laughs> that that we know up front before we start our story <laughs> well i think that the, the the roofer gives us a lot of potential here because you know i've i've gone through a lot of home renovation drama you know and i'm assuming we're talking about roofer there are places a roof if there's like other slang for that um i'm probably not aware of it because i'm naive <laughs> that's what i'm thinking i'm thinking it's a person who repairs a roof <laughs> right right so we're just gonna go with that but I've gone through a lot of home improvement drama over the past couple of years. Uh, my neighbors, you know, they do that. They do landscaping and everything. And there's like organized crime rings around this stuff. It's, it's crazy. Hmm. So there's some real potential here, I think. So it makes me, the, the, as I'm thinking about this, so I'm thinking about if a roofer was going to do a series of murders, is he like gaining access to the house because of the time he's spending doing the roof? If it was, if all these murders happened while their roofs were being repaired, that would be <laughs> a little quick to lead back to him. But, but maybe, uh, maybe he hold like cases the the place and holds onto that info and then comes back and murders people later. Um, and Matt gets caught up because he does some other kind of home improvement stuff that 
happens shortly after roofing for them or something. Maybe they'll like refer him to Matt. And so it all happens when Matt is working in the house and they're like, you had the information. Oh, he could be like a, the housing inspector, the guy that comes out mm. and makes sure that everything's done correctly. I guess we should talk about what his motivation is, how he gets caught up in all of this. Like, does he just stumble upon it by accident and is kind of just like dragged along unwillingly? Or does he get pulled in because he's tired of seeing shoddy jobs done because, mm. you know, God knows the home improvement industry is a train wreck. Are these for for new houses or are these renovating old ones? Because like maybe he's working mm. on in a development um, or in a series of developments, and um, and maybe the maybe the roofer is a is a, a like a freelancer who isn't necessarily tied to one specific contracted company. Maybe he works with a whole bunch of different ones, and so he's not immediately tied to it the same way that Matt is. Well, they wouldn't be brand new ones because people are have move into them afterwards, I guess. People should be living in there for them to be able to get in and murder people. <laughs> right, yeah. Unless, <laughs> I guess, unless unless he's using the roof as access to these new houses to set up, maybe either copy mm. the locks or set up a flawed window lock so he can get in later. Yeah. Or like a weird little crawl space to hide in. And then, mm-hmm. Oh, so maybe Matt's implicated because he doesn't find these things. Oh, like maybe they're maybe yes. Matt's bad at his job, but we but it looks suspicious because because they keep breaking in because of these these things that he should have been able to find before he rented the house out to anybody. So I just imagine him as this as this very jaded individual. He's just like stomping around on a roof, like, oh look at this, another McMansion going up. Someone's <laughs> gonna move in here. And then five weeks later, you know, it's gonna hit by a hailstorm. Why am I even doing this? <laughs> Yeah. Oh, look, a gable. <laughs> yeah, very irritated by this and uses that as motivation to, to set up a, a route for himself to, to get in and maybe take some revenge or to steal something. And yeah. I'm curious about the motivations of the roofer. Yeah. Because cause a series of murders, you know, it's the serial killer. And usually there's some pattern involved there. What is the roofer about? How does yeah. he choose his victims? Is it just people who live in the house? Just or opportunity? Is... or? So I found out that there's like this this thing that could happen if you, all these companies that do construction or lawnscaping or whatever, they all uh-huh. have trailers. And inside of these giant trailers is a lot of expensive equipment. And apparently all over the country, there's people that just go around and hit these trailers and steal everything and drive mm. off. And it's like this thing that people do. Like, I think we should have like an organized crime ring targeting okay. the housing improvement building sector. And that could be interesting because that could spread out the blame enough that it was like, if you have, if it's more than just one roofer, if it's like a group of people and none of them can be tied back to every single murder um, or every single attack, that would make it much more like if Matt's the only one that obviously had ever had something to do with all of them. Okay, which the makes me wonder, Matt. was was Matt just accidentally implicated? Or did the roofer decide, hey, he would be good to blame this on? What if? And, and was it out of convenience or was it out of some sort of revenge? What if the racket is that the roofers installing entryways into the house uh-huh. for theft, but 
the roofer's gone rogue and oh. is also murdering people, and he's using Matt as his fall guy for both the police and his superior mob bosses. Oh. I like that we have two two circles going on there. One where it's just, because that's what I couldn't figure yes. out. I was like, why would somebody put all that effort into 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 setting up an entryway just to go in and, and murder somebody? But I like that that it's you know right. this whole group that's putting these entryways in, and this guy just happens to take advantage of all the ones that he knows are there um, to do whatever he's gonna do, and uh, and to to easily plan his murders. Um, and then Matt right. gets caught along the way. Maybe he, whether he implicates him specifically or, I mean, I mean, I, it could start happening a little, little by little. Like maybe they, um, maybe they contact him because they're like, Hey, this family was murdered. This, this couple was murdered. Mm. And we, we, it looks like the, like the person got in this way. Tell me what you know about that from when you inspected the house before you sell it to them. He's like, I don't know what the, I, I don't know anything. Uh-huh. I haven't seen that. And then that happens like two more times. <laughs> And that starts looking real sketchy. Yeah. This is making me feel like the roofer maybe started with a theft that turned into a murder. Mm. And something about it. He's like, maybe I want to try this again. Yeah. Right. No, I think, and I think that makes total sense. And I think, I mean, but that makes me interested as well in like, because that roofer is going to mess stuff up for, uh, for the rest of the crime ring. Now that they know that these... (laughs) these entryways are being placed like it's going to be a lot more gonna be harder for them to do their work so is he maybe he's gonna like meet his ending at their hands instead of like actually being caught by by possibly law enforcement yeah Um, because i can't imagine they're definitely i I think they definitely pull back on like okay let's you know cool it for a little while let's figure out what's going on but i can see the the our roofer still occasionally putting in things for himself because now he knows how to do it and since we said if he's a contractor and just like independent of a company he can take jobs outside of the crime ring Mm -hmm. which they would all be doing if they're cutting back on making theft entrances right yeah yeah so that would make it harder for them to discover it was him as well that is interesting i'm gonna pause this real quickly because it is time for us to generate our title We'll see whether this is uh, is something that gives us more info or that sends us off in a completely different direction. I think we can work with this one. This one is House of Conflicting Memories. Oh. So we, we have a house. That's good. Does the house have memories? Is that getting too into, into the supernatural? That makes me think that it is like renovations of some sort. Or, or maybe the conflicting memories are mats that he clearly remembers inspecting it and it was fine or something mm-hmm. or what if the conflicting memories is about you know the roofer we haven't talked about his motivation other than like yeah. oh hey killing people seems like fun right. you know what <laughs> yeah. if he's got some like maybe he has like some mm. memories of you know his family tragically dying in a roof collapse accident or something and, or, and yeah. that's warped his or, or like a past trauma that yeah. got triggered and that's he's like getting revenge on whatever past trauma or something maybe there's like or... a certain type of person that he views as being responsible or involved in right. something and, and like, that it was you trauma. it was you mm-hmm. and, and so he's he's viewing this as a way to get revenge i like that yeah that, that fits his his unbalanced nature so with that, the title is the the House of Conflicting Memories, and we've got conflicting memories in the character. Is the house playing into this? Does the house 
the something about the house itself pulled this up for him is this a house that he comes back to is this a is this a renovated house that maybe he used to live in is there i feel like there has to be something about the specific home maybe that it starts in um i was like what if house is like metaphorical kind of house like house of cards you know where it's not mm -hmm. one building but like a group of people or maybe not but yeah i'm just trying to figure out what the the full metaphor would be who is yeah. or what is the house of conflicting memories is it just the roofer's brain <laughs> i mean it could be just the roofer's brain and then maybe some sort of like particular mm. feature about the house is yeah. what throws him back into this mindset of like oh i have to kill the people inside because revenge or maybe i feel like i have to protect somebody and they're you know getting rid of them's the only way i can do that like Ooh, maybe he so sees a, a, a gable or a weather vane and is like oh, okay so there's some feature about the houses that they're putting in that that pushes him toward toward actual murder. The entryway in is already there for him because yeah. the the crime ring has been putting these yes. in houses all over this area forever. Okay. What if the floor plan would trigger? Because if you have you ever gone into somebody's house and the floor plan like reminds you of somebody else's house and you get yeah. weirded out for a second? Oh yes, yeah. yeah. Like this. Oh, this looks just like grandma's house. You know, so I'm wondering if yeah. there's if that yeah. could be. Yeah, there's uh, one of my neighbors has the same floor plan as me because, you know, it's, it's one of those subdivisions where they have like, three floor uh -huh. plans, you know, um, yep. and except theirs is mirrored. And so you go in there and it's Ooh, like, trippy. what is going on? <laughs> so maybe maybe this is something that the roofer has has done for a while, but suddenly it, it speeds up because they are building all this subdivision that have similar similar floor plans. Yeah. And so yeah. before it had been Ooh. like scattered, like, you know, every, every so often, but this right. time because it's happening so quickly back to back, he doesn't cover his tracks as well. He's stuff starts getting found. Right. And, and that's what creates the need for him to blame it on somebody else. Exactly. Exactly. And he doesn't like Matt anyway, because Matt's a very unpleasant guy. <laughs> <laughs> what if the, the feature that kind of sets him off is the entryways that are being built into it themselves? Uh, what mm -hmm. if his house had an entryway and it was broken into and something went horribly wrong and his beloved ooh. pet dog was killed in the process or something? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay, so I just got an idea. If, if we're thinking about, like, past trauma, what if he had an abusive parents and there was, like, a crawl space they locked him in to? Mm. And in these particular houses, the entryway they're making is that shape. So as he's, like, crawling through it... He remembers his own traumatic past and feels like this need to fight back. Right. Yeah. And I think I think that makes sense because that that directs his unconscious anger at the residents of the house rather than like the the, the burglars coming in from outside. Yeah. Right. Yeah, um, that's a good point. I think I think that makes sense. That's very that's that's dark. Um, <laughs> but I think I, I think it works. You know, and then when you're writing it, you could have like these really fun like flashback chapters where it's yeah. you know, from his perspective and it's all distorted. And you're like, Ooh. okay, is this happening in the present or the past? In a way, it's oh, happening yeah. in both. Hence, conflicting memories. You could even do some interesting things with this with, with point of view as well, where you're also seeing some of this from the point of view of the of the crime ring, who knows how people got in and how those entryways got there, but has no idea who's killing people. Right. And like, which, is, no, is it one of us? Is it somebody else? They could work with Matt to try to find him if they wanted and be Ooh. like, be like somebody who knows about these, but I don't know who it is and we can't figure out who's doing this. Oh, right. Like, so, so they bring Matt in to do like extra inspections, but then they start, they would start suspecting him also. 
I mean, maybe they've been maybe they've been bribing him. Like maybe, maybe. he know about these and they've been bribing him all along. And so he is. Oh, that's true. He he is in trouble. Like for this. You, you knew about these. Who else did you tell? Exactly. And and so or, the or police it... think it's it's that he murdered them. And right. he's and he knows that he's you know he doesn't necessarily want to confess that no I knew about this and was taking bribes. Right. Oh um, gosh. Because that gets Ooh. him in trouble too. I want to know how it ends, but I don't think that's up to us. <laughs> right. I think, I think, and we are about that time where we're going to, we're going to toss it out to our, to our listeners. If this inspires anything in you, I would love to hear some of this. This is very, um, this, this has all kinds of potential for just intrigue and twisty mind bending. Did he do it? Did he didn't? Yeah, exactly. And, and motivations. Yeah, and, and, and tell me who, who are you casting in the, in the movie version of this? <laughs> Who's playing Matt? Who's playing? Because I'm like, this is so much feeling like, you know, just the like a, a David Fincher crime film, right. you know, something <laughs> from from that. And so I would I would love to hear people's thoughts on this and where people take this. Um, as always, we'll put in our info at the end of the show, and you can contact us. And we would love to hear anything you come up to in relation to this. Yes. Uh, but before we close out, let's do our regular segment where we each shout out a story that our listeners should check out. Mine is going to be in just the complete opposite genre of anything we've done today. <laughs> but, <laughs> but we are going to, I've, I've been watching on, um, on Peacock, on the streaming service Peacock, I've been watching Girls 5 Eva, which is delightful. <laughs> it's about uh, a former girl group from the 90s who then make a comeback, and it's got an amazing cast. It's Sarah Bareilles and Busy Phillips and Renee Elise Goldsberry and Paula Pell, and it's them trying to navigate their return to stardom, and it's very funny and has just amazing <laughs> group of guest artists and guest actors coming in. It's mm. really delightful. I've been enjoying it so much. So it's nothing at all. Like, if you like the story we wrote, it's nothing at all like that. But <laughs> quite good and it's a lot of fun all right jenny i'm gonna let you go next what would you like to share with our listeners i think i'd like to go back to um jurassic park okay and and i don't mean the movies the the book written by michael Crichton has Mm. um spawned an incredibly an incredible series of movies obviously including the more recent jurassic world with chris pratt which are fantastic and a lot of fun but if you've never gone back to read the book i highly highly recommend it it is written so well it is actually scarier than the movie and Mm -hmm. it's just haunting in ways that even the movie was not able to convey and um and it's also a quick michael Crichton has a, a nice writing style where it's fairly fairly fast paced. He doesn't spend a lot of time on like directions or explanations of the technology, but there's enough explained that the reader is able to follow along, but without getting lost in the technical stuff. So yeah, definitely go back to read, read that. If you're at all curious, the audiobook yeah. would be great too. It's a fantastic book. Go read it. Yeah. Awesome. All right, Bonnie, uh, as our guest, you get a turn as well. What is something that you think our listeners should check out a story that they should search for? Well, this is a tough choice for me, but I'm going to have to go with the one that made probably the biggest impact me on recently. I really love reading fantasy. I grew up with it, but I haven't found a whole lot of fantasy books that I've enjoyed recently until someone recommended one to me because they hated it and thought I might like it, and I loved it. Uh, it's called The Fifth Season by N.K. Jemison. Uh, it's mm. part of a series. Um, I've only read the first one because it is a, it is a very dark fantasy, and I finished it like right before the pandemic hit, and I just could not finish. I could keep going after <laughs> yeah. that. It's like mm, too dark. Oh. Uh, <laughs> oh, but 
you know, we talked earlier about the rules, the writing and everything. And mm-hmm. I, I, I said that, you know, I'm, I'm not super savvy. I don't feel like I intentionally go out and break them. But I feel that this author really does an excellent job of pushing how perspective and the timeline she moves between past and present and moves between perspectives. And the writing is just brilliant, just nice. beautiful mm-hmm. writing and really innovative world building. It's, it's a, it's a fantasy. It's a world that's plagued by earthquakes and it's telling this very dark tale of just the destruction of a society. It's, it's amazing. Oh, that sounds so fascinating. All right. So before we go, Bonnie, first of all, thank you so much for joining us. We want to make sure we give you a chance to, yeah. Um, we want to give you a chance to, to plug your stuff and your work and social media, any other projects that you think our listeners might want to, if they want to see what you're up to. Yeah, I'm, I think the probably the best place to find me is on Amazon, you know, as, as Bonnie Quinn, you'll find my How to Survive Camping series there. There's mm-hmm. there's very little difference between it and the stories that are posted on Reddit, mm-hmm. but this is in a nice, convenient, collected format, and it has really mm-hmm. sweet cover art. Like, yes, it does. The artists are amazing. There's also a handful of other books I've written that are kind of more modern fantasy. There's kind of a high fantasy book in there. So a little bit of different things. That's probably the best place to find me. Uh, otherwise, you can find me on Twitter as Bonnie Quinn. Um, that is my handle, right? Bonnie underscore Quinn. Bonnie underscore Quinn. Thank you. Yes. Uh, <laughs> but I will warn you that it is a lot of ranting about programming and uh-huh dog and cat photos <laughs> once again bonnie thank you so much for agreeing to to join us on the podcast after we reached out to you it's been a blast oh thank you for having me this has been fun good oh. <laughs> all right folks that is our episode as a reminder you can find us every other thursday wherever you get your podcasts follow us on twitter and instagram at write this pod and if you've been inspired by this episode and have questions or comments or a story or anything else email us at somebody this at gmail.com we would really love to hear from you We'll be back with another episode in two weeks, and we'll see you then. And as they say, everyone continues to hammer their nail into the wall. 